Hey there, Sarah Box here with a quick heads up about what's in store for you today on the podcast. We're going to learn from our guests some of the subtle and often not so subtle signs of burnout, but more importantly, how to reset. And I'm going to get real with her about when I noticed my own signs and what happened then. Thanks, and we'll see you on the podcast. You're listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box, where you get the inside scoop on the steps action takers and decision makers take to align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. We focus on the mantra, no labels, no limits, no excuses. Each week, you'll hear from remarkable guests who have overcome challenges and obstacles to succeed in the face of adversity. By listening to their stories, you'll get practical tips, tools, and resources you can implement today to bust through your own internalized prisons of worry and doubt. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box. Welcome to this episode of the No Labels, No Limits podcast, a podcast all about helping action takers and decision makers like you align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. Hi, I'm Sarah from Sarah Box Coaching and Consulting. I'm a change agent, former executive director and best-selling author of The Changemaker Ripple Effect, a book about how one person's drive, purpose and boldness can impact thousands. And I'm here to tell you that the life you want is possible with the right support, mindset and strategy. You're going to learn more about that today from our guest. Today, we're going to be joined by Nicole Stanfield. Since 2014, Nicole has had her own digital marketing business, and she's been a coach. But after experiencing burnout in 2018, she pivoted both how and who she serves. And now she has greater impact or helps people have greater impact in their business and personal lives. So you'll learn more about that. Because Nicole helps entrepreneurs recognize burnout and what the causes may be, get out of burnout and prosper again, and overcome challenges, see if you resonate with this anybody, such as limiting beliefs, communication, motivation, energy, and much more. So in this episode, you're going to hear how Nicole helps her clients have the ability to take time for themselves without feeling guilty. Let me say that again, without feeling guilty to recognize and acknowledge the first steps in burnout and putting yourself first and why that is extremely important. So now let's welcome our guest, Nicole Stanfield. Hi, Nicole. Hi, Sarah. I'm really excited to be here today. Well, it's great to have you on the show. And before we get too far into the conversation, the audience and I both want to know what's one non-negotiable or ritual that you do every day that keeps you heading towards your own big vision or goals? So this is going to sound like a cop-out, right? Um, Somebody will say, oh, well, that's obvious, or we should do that. But the thing for me is self-care. I need to do one thing for myself. And I used to think that it had to look a certain way, and it doesn't. It can be whatever gives me energy, whether that's a walk with my dog or making fresh bread, or sitting down and reading a book that I love and just get lost in, or sitting and watching the sunset. Uh, It can be a lot of different things, and I've realized that all it needs to do is give me energy. And so I have specific things that I do each day, and they can vary, 
but I make sure that I take time for self-care so that I can fill myself up so I can give more to other people. Let me ask you a question about that. Do you do that in a structured way? So a number of people that I've interviewed and talked to have like, I do it within this time block. Maybe it varies what I do in there, but I always save this for me or I try to save this for me. Do you have a routine like that where you say self-care first or a minimum at this time or do you just kind of go with the flow? So that's a good question. I try to do a little bit in the morning and then I have certain times when I'm working, blocks of time when I'm working, and in between those, I give myself free time. And that's when I make sure to pay attention to, do I want to take a nap? That's self-care. Do I want to take my dog for a walk for 20 minutes? That's self-care. Do I want to do Zumba? That's self-care. So, Or do I want to read a book? And just give myself permission to be like, what is going to serve me best right now so I have really good energy? I find that a lot of people feel like self-care needs to be a certain amount of time. And if you think about it, if you spent 15 minutes doing something that you loved every day that brought a smile to your face, you would spend a little over an hour a week on yourself. And I think that we can all commit to giving ourselves at least 15 minutes a day. At least 15 minutes a day. Um, and I love that you you make it simple, right? It's like what gives you energy. So that's that's pretty great. Am I doing something that depletes me? or renews me? Yes or no, yes or no. And um, as someone who, I mean, I like that flexibility that you have. So you can both like, do I feel like walking the dog or do I feel like reading? Either is good, but it's gotta be for me. Absolutely, because if I'm doing an exercise program for someone else, then I'm not doing it for me. That's not my self-care. I may feel good at the end, but if I'm doing it because someone else told me to or something like that, then I'm not doing self-care. It's not for me. So I I have a question on that, but we'll hold it because I know it's going to tie into something else you're going to talk about. But we just start by sharing with us a bit about your journey, because here you are, you start this digital marketing business in 2014. And really, four years later, you make a pivot because you've experienced your own burnout. Can you talk about the journey to and through burnout a little bit so we understand more about Nicole? Yeah. So a lot of people feel like burnout is this big, scary monster that lives under the bed and nobody really wants to talk about it, but we're all okay saying, oh, I feel so burnt out or I'm burning out or I'm overwhelmed right now. But a lot of times we get scared and we don't want to take action because we've heard of people who burn out and they just lose everything. So burnout crept up on me and I'm going to share that story uh, so that you know what it looks like. Because a lot of times I had no idea what was happening. Uh, it started about January, February of 2018, and I, we would complete a big project, like a massive website project that had taken months of work. And at the end, instead of being like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited, we completed this, I would be like, oh, they won't like it, or they'll want to change something, or the client always wants something else. And I became really cynical. And I was like, why am I not excited and proud of this accomplishment? That's, that's kind of strange. And then it morphed into showing up at other places. I would open up an email from a client who'd want something different and, and they were very picky clients, maybe not the best fit for me. I'm going to be honest there, but I would open up that email and I'd have to take 15 minutes afterwards just to get mad and angry and stomp around and be frustrated that they had made this request. Or I'd get off of a meeting and I'd just be so angry and frustrated about all these little things that had to be done. And I realized that I had a lot of 
lot of anger. And that was a big surprise to me. And I was like, what's going on? But at the same time, I was really bored. I was struggling to do my work. I couldn't focus. I would do like 15 minutes of work and then I'd be like, I'll take a break. And then an hour later, I still wouldn't be back working. And someone who'd worked on their own business from home for four years, by that time, like I had pretty much cut out those habits. So it was really strange to see that showing up again. And some of the scary things that I got to the point where I didn't have any creativity left. I had no ideas. I had no solutions. I had nothing left to give. And quite honestly, I just put my head down and I hope that nobody noticed because I didn't want to give up the money and be really honest. When you're a business owner and you have a big client, you don't want to just walk away from that. It's nice to have that stability, security, be earning the most money you ever had in your business, which is where I was at. And it turned out that I, I was just, everything was falling apart. I was using caffeine in the morning to get up and make it through my day. I was looking up at three and being like, oh, I didn't even eat lunch today. And just using snacks and sugar to make it through my day. My relationships were suffering, but I still didn't know what's going on. So my husband is a teacher and he was taking a course on burnout because we were worried about him burning out. And he started realizing that a lot of the things he was learning about were things I was showing um, that I was experiencing. I didn't want to do anything extra. I didn't want to learn. I was frustration, all that stuff. So I didn't have very much empathy. And so we were like, okay, we have a vacation planned in June. I'm going to cancel my portion of it. I'm going to take a week off and I'm going to get better. And I laugh because in the beginning of the week, all I had to do was feed myself and shower. Literally, those were my commitments and, and feed the dogs. But then by the end of the week, I was more tired than I had been at the beginning. And going and getting groceries seemed like something I couldn't even do. I could barely, like getting out of bed and changing my clothes or taking a shower was an accomplishment. And that was a really scary place to be because I'm not, I'm not that person. I've always been an overachiever, highly driven, was very busy during college. And I've never been to the point where I just sat on the couch and didn't care about anything. Yikes. I'd like to say that's shocking, but I can relate. That's why I try and be really honest about where I was at and the point that I got to. Um, obviously, if, if you have some mental health um, background, then you would notice that some of the symptoms I had got more um, were along the lines of some maybe depression. And I did work with a counselor to be like, what is going on? If I'm depressed, I need to address this. Uh, I did work with a counselor online and that really helped. And it just turned out that I wasn't showing the signs of depression consistently. And I wasn't having suicidal thoughts. So I had some of the mood swings and other things that were going on. And that was more about being burnt out and less about being in depression. But there's a very fine line there. So if you're nodding your head when you're listening to this and saying, I, I can't get out of bed, I can't go do those things, then there may be another level of your burnout. And that's okay. It's absolutely okay. But I, I also want to take a second to point out the fact that you didn't put that all on your own shoulders to solve you actually asked for some help once you got worried enough like this isn't me yeah. like you could say this isn't me you didn't just think I'll just work harder yes that's what we all think that's that's 
for someone that's an overachiever and that is like when I'm failing at something, it was always work harder and it'll work. Um, and it, it just kept getting worse. And so I had to pull the trigger. And the, the point was when my husband was like, I want my wife back. You're not that person anymore. That's sobering. Yeah. It's really sobering. And um, I, I had a similar, except it was at the end of vacation. I was pulling into the driveway. And I said, did you have a good time? And he just looked at me and says, not really. And I'm thinking, but we went for him, right? He want, he'd been looking forward to this. And I felt terrible. He goes, you were not present. You were stressed about work. You were trying to squeeze it in. And, and I had promised earlier that year that I wouldn't do that anymore. But then I let the demands and that whole thing, right, Nicole, like, so when you're talking about school, I'm going, okay, a student, do this, do this. And it wasn't until high school that I had a teacher call me on it. And he said, he said, did you prep? Cause it was a one-on-one class. You couldn't really hide in the back of the class. He goes, did you prep? And I says, well, and he says, don't ever do that again. You've made it this far by being a good student. He goes, I need you to be hundred percent here. And I'm thinking, hello, wake up call. So when my husband said that, I thought, okay, this is serious. How are you making choices? And that was the switch for me. It was a couple of years behind you in the calendar years, but it was huge. Like I'm going, what am I doing? And it's sobering when you get there. But I think what's also important that you said earlier when you were talking about that, Nicole, is that fear that being in burnout is somehow akin to being crazy. Because I remember early on in my career when I went, there was a really great gal who was responsible. Now I understand her role. You know, she had a title of like administrative assistant. Now I'm thinking that's called queen of everything right? She knew (laughs) everything. She knew who was where, when, how to reach them, but she was overlooked and overworked, which I didn't know. I just walked past, did my job somewhere else in the building. But Mm -hmm. when she was gone for a while, I said, where's so-and-so? And And they said, oh, she had a breakdown. I'm thinking, and it wasn't until years later, I realized she didn't have a breakdown. She was burnt out, but it was so stigmatizing. And I'm thinking, you know, we don't want to be stigmatized in that way. And yet, it's just reality. When you get a grip, things start feeling better. So talk to us about getting a grip. <laughs> so, so my lowest point was that, was that point at the end of my vacation. And I was like, what is going on? I should feel better. I just spent all week doing nothing. So that sort of was like the snowball effect. And a lot of things happened. I walked away from that really big client. I lost half my income. I didn't know how we were going to survive. I didn't know what we were going to do for funds. I didn't know how I was going to get another client I, I, for my business side. And then personally, I didn't know what that was going to look like in our relationship. And, and a lot of different things were up in the air. And so um, I started reading some books on burnout. Uh, I looked at some articles online of entrepreneurs talking about burnout because a lot of times people talk about it in corporate life, but they don't talk about it as an entrepreneur, as a mom, as students. Students sometimes do get some information, but uh, two out of every three workers feel some level of burnout and one out of seven millennials experiences burnout, is experiencing burnout right now. What, What do you attribute that to generationally, the difference, Nicole? I think there's an expectation and I think that sometimes, especially right now, we're all feeling it with technology. Technology makes things very easy and 
it's incredibly hard to set boundaries with technology. As a business owner, when you can, when someone sends you an email and you're new and you answer that email because it's your first client and you're really excited, but it's at 8 p.m., you are losing the boundary. You're losing that work-life balance. You're losing the ability to make sure that you're taking time for yourself so that you can fill up to give back to your clients, your people, your family, whoever it is. So when you hear me say business or entrepreneur, you can insert mom, you can insert student, you can, it applies in a lot of different areas. I speak to the one that I'm most familiar with, but the, a lot of times, and I feel like, especially with women, we feel like the more that we do, the more value we have, the more we've accomplished. Look at all these things that I've done. Look at all this stuff and look at all the things, how I help other people but frequently we forget to put ourselves on our to-do list and technology doesn't help that because you see you're on Facebook and you see some perfect mom that you're like, Oh, I wish I was that mom making all those Pinterest things. I wish my stuff turned out like the Pinterest items. Right. And they never do it. Pinterest is just, it never does. But um, you see that stuff and it's hard to disconnect and say, Oh, you know what? I need to step away from that. And actually what you brought up, being present, that was the biggest thing that I wasn't doing. I wasn't being present when I was with my husband. I wasn't being present when I was with my business. I was just all the time trying to multitask everything and put it all in at the same time. And that was not successful. And I wasn't being authentic with who I was. So once I realized, okay, I could be experiencing burnout, it took about three months for me to take naps and get exercise regularly and reading and uh, meditation. I was very judgmental towards meditation and being like, no way can that help. That's mumbo jumbo woo woo stuff. And I, and that's why I'm really honest about it is because I had so much judgment towards it. And one time I tried to meditate before and I fell asleep, right? Obviously not present, but uh, I read a thing that said that when you're in burnout, your brain is, you've taught it to react to everything. So you're just a lightning bolt reacting to everything. But with meditation, you can retrain your neurons to be more reflective. So you can get to take that beat instead of when that person who always frustrates you comes up to you and they come at you. And instead of reacting and just being like, I wish I had done that, but you frustrate me so much. You get to take that beat and be like, oh, and maybe that beat is enough for you to walk away or to shift the conversation, or to respond in a different way, whatever that is. But meditation has really been helpful for me in shifting that, and I still do it. I meditated before we got on today. Well, I laughed when you, in my head when you said that you fell asleep. I'm thinking, yeah, I remember that. But then I also remember the person I was studying with, I said, that's okay, right? You gave yourself a break. I'm thinking, okay, if you didn't have to be perfect in how you did something, how would you do it? You would just show up. Yes. And it will change every day, right? Well, there's so many things important in what you're saying. And I just resonate. And here's the great thing. When I knew I was coming out of burnout, I could laugh at myself. Wondering how to adapt to the rapid fire changes we are all experiencing? Curious about where you should start to position your nonprofit for future success? Want to know how I can help you and your team prioritize and address hard questions? Then book your free discovery call with me at Sarah Box 
www.thrivingmindset.com forward slash contact. I'll help you get clear so you can lead others. Now back to the show. So I'm curious, when you start working with someone and you and, you and they recognize together that, that, that thing that sounds so simple, like put self-care first, which I think is one of the heaviest lifts ever, right? Because it's a retraining frequently. How do, yeah. you, how do you help people do that plus the guilt part? Because those two things are like, a, okay, I can take care of myself. Oh, okay, I'm feeling bad. I'm feeling bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> resonate at all with any of that from the beginning of when you started doing that? Yeah, so we take really small steps first, right? So once we identify the signs of burnout, and one of them is being very angry or self-isolating from people. But the three signs, the three signs that are proven, have research behind them, not something I made up, um, just so you know, they are uh, having low energy, lack of motivation, um, that your work doesn't matter anymore. You you have a feeling it it doesn't um, really, you're not making a difference and that you have a lack of confidence. So you can experience low energy during holidays, but it doesn't mean you're in burnout. When you experience all three of those, then those are, you can acknowledge, Hey, I'm probably experiencing some level of burnout. And that's why I created a quick little quiz to help people kind of put a pulse on, wait, am I experiencing this or is it something else? So once they've identified, Hey, I want to do something about this. We take really small steps because when you're in that place and you're overwhelmed and someone turned to you that you love and said, I want my wife back, or you weren't present in the entire vacation that we just took that's crushing. And so you have all these things and you're like, in my opinion, in my experience, I was like, I'm a failure. And how am I going to make money? My business is going to fall apart and everything's going to die. Basically, that was how, where my mindset was at. So small little steps, taking small steps, like, uh, like doing five minutes of meditation. When I was talking about meditation, I'm not talking about 30 minutes or 20 minutes. I'm saying I was doing five minutes of meditation a day in my car before going and doing something. I was also, I canceled all of my appointments, anything extra that I had. So I wasn't talking to extra people. I wasn't um, doing anything extra. I was just doing what are the basic things. So then I could realize of all these extra commitments that I have, what gives me energy? Because I was doing a lot of things that weren't giving me energy and were taking energy. And it may sound like, how, how can I tell that? And so if you take a week off, from a networking event, for example, or taking someone's kid to soccer practice and you get someone else to do it. If you feel relief and you are dreading going back the next week and doing that, then obviously that thing is not giving you energy and you need to see how you can make it look different, drop it, cancel it, whatever you need to do, but you need to shift it. I want to ask you a follow-up question to your quiz. Now, is that something people can find on your website? Yeah, it's at the very top of my website. And it's just a a quick two-minute burnout quiz that people can take. And then I provide a custom response based on your uh, results, as well as some suggestions and tips based on what you tell me that you'd like to see in your work environment. Perfect. So... From what you've described, your own changes um, and some of your experiences, there are some things people could expect to get as a result of it. And some of it is just not feeling the burnout, right? But there's also other benefits. 
from, you know, standing up or taking care of yourself. Can you talk about a few of those? Yeah. So it's um, being able to enjoy spending the weekends with your family. Uh, It's being able to take downtime without feeling guilty about it. Finally taking a vacation. In my world, entrepreneurs, you ask them when was the last time they took a vacation and they just stare at you. Like does, does Memorial Day with like the weekend before that, does that count? And it does. It totally does. If you took a vacation and you stepped away from everything and it was an intentional vacation, two days counts. It totally does. But a lot of times we think of Memorial Day as that's a day when my clients won't bother me. So I'm going to get more work done. (laughs) I've been there. I've done that. Right. And so there are things that um, we, we forget that we need. And so um, when I work with someone, we have nine modules that we work through and we identify from the small habits that we need to shift to the things that are most important to them so they can say no easier. And that impacts how they show up, how they're bringing in energy to serve themselves, how they're giving it out to other people, um, and that they can attract things that they're looking for, just like you were talking about in the beginning introduction of your show, the mindsets and setting that stuff up so they can kind of realign, reorient where they headed. When I was in burnout, I I was felt really lost. I didn't know. And I didn't feel like there was anyone there to reach out a hand and say, we can make it through this. You're not alone. There are thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who are experiencing burnout the World Health, World Health Organization sees it as a symptom of work. And right now with coronavirus, a lot of times people are sitting at their desks and they're doing, as we were talking about earlier, meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting or working and then just doing the whole day and they forget to take lunch. They forget to step away from their desk. They forget to stand up. They need natural light. All these things that people who work from home know, but if you're just now there, then there's a chance that you could be setting yourself up or experiencing some of these symptoms of burnout just because of your current work environment. Basically, some people don't mind working on their own, right? And they can be focused in doing that. But it's not as easy as people make it sound. And you do, structures and boundaries are helpful. And I know, I I remember when I first started working um, that way, I thought, well, I'm home. I guess I should be available. And I'm thinking, why? I'm not available when I'm in my office. So, so I, but I do get up. But that took me a while to plan that, right? And make it go. Yeah. I get up. I walk at this time generally. You know, I take breaks at this time generally. Yeah. There's variations. So I think what you all have offered, you know, and, and recognizing that there's small habits that you change, focusing on what's most important. But I also don't want to let people leave people with the idea that this is an overnight change. Oh, yeah. No, it's not. Which is one reason why my program is nine weeks. And one reason why I think it's important to do training as well as coaching. I think that they need to exist together because you can learn a new concept. But during the week when you're practicing it, something will come up. And it won't become as important or you change your commitment to it or you'll all of a sudden discover something else or you'll hate it or whatever. And that's where the coaching comes in. And that's why I think it's essential to have the connection of both. So then you can be like, 
that showed up for me. I need help working through it. I, when I was working through burnout, I had a coach, had a counselor. I had my husband. (laughs) I, uh, as I said, I took naps. I was doing exercise outside of my house. So I was going and I was a part of a swim team. So I had commitments there and those things all helped me work through burnout and where I was at and what was showing up for me. And there's not a, this looks like it for everybody, but there is a, you can work through it. In the end, I realized that for the pat, like the four years leading up to that, I wasn't showing up authentically. I was being fake. I was trying to be a perfectionist. I was trying to do everything right. I was trying to make sure that I didn't fail. And those things, they may sound silly or overly simplistic. And that's where I was. And I realized that I have value because of the person who I am, not because of what I've accomplished or what I've done or haven't done. And it's okay for me to make mistakes. And that's a good thing. And I, I try to be much more authentic now in how I communicate and share my honest first opinion. Even if it's something that I think people may not want to hear. And if something I'm doing something and I hate it and I just, my energy is like, I just really resent being there. Then I, I stop doing it to the best of my ability. Yeah. It's one of those things like the comedian who said, here's your sign. It's like, okay, am I feeling resentful? Here's your sign. Am I cranky? Here's your sign. Take a look at what's going on. Be aware. Yes. So, so at the end of um, my sessions, I work with people to a kind of self-identify what emotions are a predictor for them that they've pushed themselves too much. So I used to think that just, I need to keep pushing, 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 pushing. And then someday I would rest and it would be fine. But I realized that when I'm grumpy, when I'm like grouchy and really nothing is good. And I'm just like, rah, 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 rah. that means I pushed myself too far and I need to do self-care because I have no energy left to give to anyone and nothing will be right in the world until that happens. And I didn't realize that my grumpy grouchiness self was because I had overextended myself. So now I know that that's an emotion that when that happens, it's like, oh, I need to take a break instead of continuing to stay in that place. I need to meditate. I need to exercise. I need to sleep. I need to do whatever it takes to support myself. This sound may sound like a weird question, but I started asking myself when I felt like I was, and I go, if you just did another 30 minutes, you could get this done. When, when you're that tired, 30 minutes is really, you're not going to get it done anyway, right? Because it's not going to be, it's not going to be good. But I start, but then I started playing a game with myself where I would say, what would happen if you didn't? And I would sit there for about three minutes and go, nothing. Yeah. You ever not complete something you've said you've done? No. So what would happen if you did it when you had energy? It would yeah. get done, right? Yes. <laughs> but I want to tell you, those conversations when you're having them, you're thinking, I hope other people don't think I'm nuts for this. But, it, but it's, that's one of the ways I started giving myself permission. I'm going, the world's not going to fall apart. I'm the person putting this on myself, nobody else. So anyway. So the thing, talking about guilt, we're really big on guilt, right? Being like, I have to do this because this person is expecting it. So the way that I shift out of guilt is that if it doesn't work for me, it won't work for them. 
So I want you to think about a time when you went to an event that you really didn't want to go to. And for me, it was some networking events. And I would stand in the corner and be like, I hope nobody talks to me. I just don't want anybody to look in my direction or talk to me and be like, okay, so I could have spent that hour sleeping in my car. I could have done something else, reading, anything else. Instead, I spent it there because I had to go and do the networking event. And it turned out that 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 hour, I could have used it in so many other ways. So if you're looking at it, something you need to do, and you're like, you've taken your time and you're just not feeling motivated. If you spent 30 minutes going and doing something fun that would put a smile on your face, and then you could come back and get that thing done in 30 minutes, you'd still would spend an hour. So you could just spend an hour hating it and just plunking away at it and not getting anything done. Or you could take and break it up. And I find that I'm so much more effective when I come back and I've done something for myself. I can come back and finish it. And for the guilt, there have been times when I've said no to family events, to grandma's birthday, to going and doing things to support my family that normally I would have just absolutely done in a heartbeat. So folks, I, will, I do want to encourage you to go to Nicole's website, take the quiz, take a pulse on where you are right now. And Nicole, I want to thank you for sharing your wisdom and just your realness. I'm so glad you're doing the work you're doing. And folks, I know that this is audio, but if you could see, Nicole, what you see is someone who likes what she's doing a lot. So thank you for being a guest, Nicole. And is there any parting word of wisdom you want to share with our guests as we wrap up? Yes, it is take your lunch break. It's a really simple one, (laughs) but it's step away from your desk. Don't eat at your desk. Don't skip your lunch break. Go walk outside if you can. Just take that breather. Whatever you get, whatever you give to yourself, I don't care when it is, just take it because that's the first step in you acknowledging your needs, that you need to take care of yourself, and that it's important to put those basic needs first, and then it can just spiral from there. Thank you so much, Nicole. Thank you, Sarah. I really enjoyed it. Been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best selling author, change agent, and strategic vision coach Sarah Box. You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at sarahbox.com forward slash no labels, no limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five star review, and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, Keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.